Joining us on the How Did You podcast today is Dr. Paul Smith, a higher education lecturer who has also got lots of experience within the TV. Well, at the moment, I'm uh, employed at Nottingham Trent University. I'm senior lecturer and course leader in filmmaking. Uh, so that's what I'm currently at. Um, and I suppose it, the role itself is just is, is teaching, you know, new students, some that have some previous knowledge um, from previous courses and things they've done to some that just literally come onto it uh, with an interest in film in general and just want to develop skills in in filmmaking and see where it takes them. So, yeah, quite a wide variety, but generally teach people how to make films. You also teach students, but you've also been through the whole system yourself. Um, what kind of experience sticks out the most to you? That's a good question. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... I'll, I'll deviate the question a little bit, I think, um, but, but stick to it, but try and... Put my own stamp on it. I mean, over the years, it's it, I've really enjoyed teaching. Um, and I think when I first kind of took those small steps into it, I was classed as what you call an instructor rather than a teacher. And that was my kind of first foray into it. And it was it was a kind of a role that was designed really to support students with technical skills that that the staff where I was working didn't didn't necessarily have. Um, and from those kind of those, those first steps as an instructor, I thought it was great. Um, because all I did really was come in, show them what to do and then go home. And it was pretty, you know, you have a chat, you have a look at what they're doing, provide some advice and guidance, it was dead easy. And I thought after doing that for a little while that this is where I wanted to go, you know, because I liked it that much. I really did enjoy it. Um, it was only then when I decided to, to, to jump head first into it um, and go for it that I realised that the instructor role is nothing like the teaching role. Um, and the teaching role is a lot more complicated. It means you've got to do a lot of planning, you know, research, um, all the kind of the quality um, and adhere to all the policies with that and make sure this is there, that's there. Quite, you know, mind-blowing. And that was a... Sh- you know, steep learning curve. But I think over the years, you know, you get used to it, you know, you get familiarised with it. So I've been at a few different institutes now over the past, yes, yeah, my 21st year of being involved in education in some capacity. Um, it's the same. Wherever you go, it's the same. It's just that everywhere does things a little bit differently, you know. Some better than others and some worse than others, you know. It's, it's, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, generally, I still like it. I still love it. I, I like you know, I like this, the whole process from start to finish. You know, um, I think when you're first introduced to students and, you you know, you're saying this is what we're going to be doing, you know, we've got 12 weeks, 15 weeks, you know, or the whole academic year to, to, to work on this project. And, you know, at the start, it's that slow process of getting people motivated to move and come up with ideas or if they've got our ideas already, how can we do it? Is it feasible? Um, and seeing that through and, you know, it's great at the end of it where you actually see that finished kind of artifact that they've created and um, uh, just seeing, you know, what that journey they've gone on to get there, you know. Some more so, sometimes it's like, God, I'm glad that's really finished. You know, you, you know, you want to get out there as soon as you can. But other than you know, I'd say the majority is that, you know, it's really good to sit down at the end of it and just watch what they've produced and listen 
to that story that they've got to tell. Um, yes, that's why I kind of, you know, take the most out of it. It's, it's that journey. Um, and I think also it's nice when, you know, you've been with students for three years and at the end of three years, you know, it's like where they go next and, and what they do and, and just kind of keeping track of that. And um, there's one student I remember in particular, and she, she's doing really well for herself now. Um, and uh, it's a long time ago, but I still remember, I'm still, you know, in contact with her now. And she's kind of a, a really good editor uh, in TV uh, predominantly, but I think, you know, worked in film as well, but really good editor for TV and did a lot of stuff on, you know, a lot of the terrestrial channels and Netflix shows and so forth. Um, and I've got her in to do a few times to guest lectures on, on, you know, that journey she's gone since graduating. And it's always interesting to, you know, when, when she comes and speaks, and it's like nice when she says things like, you know, just listen to Paul or listen to your lecturers because, you know, they've got a wealth of knowledge sort of thing to share with you. Um, and she always said to me, I mean, I've, I've probably when I was a little bit younger, a little bit more naive than I am now. Um, you know, I, I always used to tell students that if you want to you know, get into this industry, there's no money in film and TV. You want to be doing like commercial based work and corporate. That's what, if you want to make money, that's what you want to do. And uh, I remember one time she came back and she said to the student, she said, listen to Paul, I got into film and TV and I'm skinned. I should have done corporate work because there's loads of money in that. I'm thinking, yeah, but I wish I'd never said that now because, you know, um, but I do think, yeah, in, in the industry that, you know, this industry, film, TV production, you got to love it. You know, it's, it, you can't do it because of the glamour or anything else. Just do it because you want to tell stories and, and stuff like that. Um, I think that's the most important thing. And I, I say, I, I just like seeing that end product and just seeing, you know, when you've got a student and they've got their work, whether it's on a cinema screen or a big screen, you know, you screen it in front of a lot of people. You see that that look on the face. It's just that's it. You know, you, you've done you've done your job. Throughout your time of being a, a teacher or a tutor or something like that, you've been an external examiner as well. Has there ever been a specific student's piece of work that has stuck in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been ex external examining. I think I first started um, as, as an external examiner in about two thousand seven. So I've been doing it for for a long time. Um, and I think the reason I did it initially um, was for the wrong reason, um, because I had a friend that I was working with, a colleague, and they said, oh, you don't, you know, if you want to earn a few more quid, you want to do this. I'm like, oh, why is it? It's like, it's external examining lights. All right, you know, it's dead good. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's have a look. So I took it on board. And, and um, to be honest, the money's not great for external examining, not really the amount of work you do, because you do it over the whole year, you know. And there's interim visits, there's lots to write and, you know, make sure, check on this. So the money you get paid isn't that great, if I'm honest. Um, however, what I find really beneficial is looking at what other centres are doing um, and projects are doing and stuff like that. I find that really important. I, I, I see it as like my kind of primary research into kind of the area. Um and sometimes, you know, it's, it's also good to reflect back on, you know, what you're doing and saying, well, actually, I'm doing all right. Or sometimes it's like, oh, crikey, you know, maybe I need to do this or oh, that's a good idea. Um, and I think also you do see some really good, you know, examples, well, and bad, I suppose, as well, of student work. Um, I mean, there's, there's loads over the years, because um, obviously when you come to 
do your external examining work, you look at a wide variety of work. So you look at um, different levels of pass, you know, you know, level stuff or, you know, two twos, two ones, first class sort of thing. But you also get contentious ones as well, where but maybe you've got your, your first marker and the second marker are a complete disagreement or you've got students that fail or if you've got a, you know, a cohort that are, are achieving a lot of first class, you know, then they'll, you know, you need to look at more of them just to make sure that the assessment is, is accurate, you know, and consistent. Um, so you do see a wide variety, but you do see some really good work, really good work. Um, I think it's been difficult, you know, in the past couple of years because the whole COVID thing as well. I think in my area, it, it has restricted, um, you know, what students have been producing in terms of like getting out there and doing stuff. But in saying that, um, I've seen this year in particular, you know, um, at the end of the, you know, the last academic year, there's some really good examples of students that are producing work on like mobile phones um, and things like that. You know, you know, it's cameras probably that they wouldn't normally use if they were, you know, if they're able to access kit as readily as they would do under, you know, no pandemic kind of constraints. Um, there's some really great work. But I think, yeah, generally, I, I mean, my, I love documentary, I think, more than anything. So I... I tend to be drawn to, to that and like that. And um, yeah, there's been some really good stuff I've seen, you know, um, a lot of kind of this year again, I, th I would have thought because of pandemic, a lot of personal based documentaries that focus on individuals rather than like a wider, broader context, a subject matter, focusing on individuals and what they do and where they go and their life and loves and hates and all those kind of things. They've been quite interesting to see. Um, but there has been too many pandemic-based factual things. You know, you know, you've seen one, and then you see another and another and another, and you think, no, yeah, I'm living in it. I don't I don't want to see them. I know enough. It's the ones I think that stuck out this year for me, the ones that have just done, you know what? Everyone knows it's going on now. It's been going on for a long time. Let's just do something that's completely nothing to do with the pandemic. And they're the ones kind of that this year for me have stuck out, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it works great. I, I, I love it. Um, and I, I see it as kind of, you know, personal development as well, like CPD. Um, but also, yeah, I think, uh, I don't want to use the word stealing ideas, but in essence it is, um, is that you can really learn a lot by it. Um, and it's good just to get out there and meet people and see what's going on and stuff like that. So, yeah, I highly recommend it to everyone. But if you want to do it for the money, don't. It, it ain't worth it. Because, it, it you know, the amount of work you do, you, you probably earn less than minimum wage. <laughs> you you speak about how we've all been in pandemic over a year now if you had to put some personal development on yourself where do you see yourself in a year you know what where do i see myself in a year's time i don't even where i'm going to be next week at the moment um i don't i never have done i've been i'm, I'm useless at stuff like this um i'm a bit of an hypocrite as well because you always get students to plan like five years where are you going to be in five years and and i'm like i've got no hope no chance. I don't know down going to Tesco to get the food in. Um, I don't really have plans. I don't. Um, I never have done. I've just gone with what whatever happens. And um, I think that I think that it's important to kind of have an idea of what you want to do and what you know what you value. And I think your values um, that are personal to you kind of dictate that. Or they have done for me anyway. Um, you know, for example, I mean, you know, if I was ever kind of in, in a job, for example, and I, and I wasn't really feeling that it, I was going anywhere, um, or I think most of it, I wasn't learning anything. 
think that's the, the point. Me, if I'm not learning anything, and I'm not developing myself, because you've got to learn every, something every day. I, I always think that if you've not learned something yesterday, or you know, or whatever it might be, then I think you just you know you're not had a good day. And I like to learn. I like to you know whether it's I pick up a book or I watch someone on TV or speak to someone, or you hear something, you think, oh, what's that? You know. Um, I like to learn so every day, and I think if in a job or wherever it might be, if I'm not learning, then it's time to do something different. Um, so I don't tend to make plans like that. Um, I just go with the flow, I think, and whatever happens, happens, and I'll respond to it when it happens. Um, but a year, if I had to answer that question, where am I going to be in a year's time? Um, one is I hope I, I can have an holiday. I really need an holiday abroad. Um, I want to go and visit friends, you know, that, that live abroad and I've not seen for a while and things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I suppose I'm just doing what I'm doing unless something happens and then I'll go off at a tangent and do something else. Where would you go if you could go anywhere? I'd be intri I'm intrigued now. Um, well, I, I can answer that one dead easy. It's not really about me. Um, I, I've, you know, I, I love travel. I, I always have done. I've always wanted to see things, and um, I, I'm not necessarily someone that, that would do like. Um, I'm not a package holiday person. I never have been. Um, I've always liked walking um, and climbing. Um, I, I, you know, I, I like mountains and and stuff like that. Um, and I always plan a lot of the top well before the pandemic. That was to do a lot of walking based trips. Um, you know, abroad and, you know, just, just really remote. I mean, on my list was to do the Azores and, and just to kind of the island hopping and just to climb, um, you know, the, the, the peaks there and just have a look around and then just fly off somewhere else and do some more. That, that's that's ideal for me. And I just do, I'm, you know, I've, I've done it with groups of people before, but it all becomes a bit too regimented for me. Um, I like just to like wait, you know, what we're doing today or dinner and then wake up the next day and just do whatever I need to do. Um, but there's nothing on the horizon for that yet. But going back to the kind of the point of the question was, I've been promising my kids for the past two years, I'd take them to America, um, you know, and it, it's just been, it's just stopped. We were going um, and then it just all came to a stop, you know, like, like everyone. So that's still on the agenda. You know, I want to go this summer. Mm -hmm. um i want to go this summer i'm ready to go but now we've got this new other variant i mean i'm, I'm hopeful that just disappears but um you just don't know is, is it worth booking and waiting but no we're going to go i think if the i'm not i hope the kids i don't like to, i hope the kids don't watch this but i hope they don't watch this because then they'll know what the plan is i've just said we're going to america and that's it but what we're going to do is that my daughter's a massive like uh like superhero kind of fan more marvel i'd say than dc um, so the plan is, if it's on, is to go to Comic Con in San Diego for a few days, a few days there, um, and then spend time in LA and work his way up to San Francisco. Um, after that, and just generally do that West Coast thing. Um, might fly to Hawaii if I can afford it, um, or just going to come out. I don't know. I'm not telling them. I'm just going <laughs> to say, pack your bags enough for two or three weeks. Um, and then you'll see when you get there. Um, they like surprises, um, 
But yeah, I don't know. That, that's on the that's the plan anyway. But for me, I don't know, anywhere where there's mountains, it's all my different. I like to do different ones as well. I don't like to do the same thing over and over again. I get bored of that. I just need to do new things and stuff like that. Yeah, just just walking and thinking. I like, that's, that's what I like doing. Speaking of surprising your kids, is there anything that's caught you off of guard recently? No. <laughs> no, not oh, caught me off guard. Not really. Um, I'm kind of, I, I like to think I've, I've, I consider a lot and um, I'm on the ball with things. I'm, I don't normally let my guard down um, and let things, you know, miss things sort of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm quite fairly well, fairly well organised. I'm not perfect, I, no one is, but I'm fairly well organised, I think. And I know when things need to happen, when things need to be done by. So, no, not really. No. Um, the only thing that probably surprises me sometimes is is if I forgot something. And it's more a case I'm surprised with myself that I've forgot it. Um, but nothing really. No, if I'm honest. If you had to name your autobiography, what would you call it and why? If I ever actually made or wrote an autobiographical account of my life, I'd be surprised. But it'd probably be called Chaos, um, if I'm honest. Um, not that it's been like total chaos, but I think when I look back now, and you know, think about when you, when I was growing up as a kid, and you know, even like as a primary school kid, and I've not got a lot of memories though. You know, you just tend to lose sort of memories as you as you get older, or I do anyway. Um, I think then I never really knew what I wanted to do, not really in life, in life in general. You know, um, I think I can remember, you know, at primary school, um, and you know, you, you had like chats about you know careers and. You know, and I think when I was younger, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, um, things were very, very different than they are now. So there weren't, there weren't probably as many opportunities that people didn't travel or go as far uh, as they can do now for work and stuff like that. And um, I think I wanted to be a window cleaner, if I remember rightly. I wanted to clean windows. I've no idea why. I don't think I've ever cleaned a window in my life. Um, but I had this weird thing that I'd be a window cleaner. Um, I think that soon went out the window, though. Uh, Joke. Um, but yeah, and that, that kind of stopped. And then I think as I grow up, you know, when you look back at things that you you enjoy in life, I've always liked films and TV. I've always, you know, always watched, always taken to the cinema as a kid. Um, I think there was always some kind of film on. There was always something. We were always watching some of those about there. Um, and I think it probably came through, you know, grandparents and parents and stuff like that and there. Kind of affiliation with it um so i think deep down i knew at, at an early age that i wanted to work in something to do with that but never really had that kind of drive to do it because no one ever did i mean i remember you know being in, in high school and um, you know you, you're talking like year nine ten or eleven or that and when i was at school and um, there's a there's a big kind of industrial engineering factory near to where i lived and it offered apprenticeships and everyone's like lad, lads my age, their goal is to get an apprenticeship in this company, like doing this engineering. It's like a big deal, you know, because you got a bit of money for doing it. It was better than YTS, which was a crap scheme. Um, but you got decent money for someone like 16, 17 coming out of school. So everyone wanted it, except for me. 
Mum, I remember my dad went, oh, do you want to go work at the brush like, like Johnny and Billy? And I'm like, no, not really. What are you going to do then? I'm like, I don't know. Um, I want to work, I want to work in film, I think. And they'd, they'd look at you gone out because no one ever did. There was no, there was no around there. Um, I remember going to like work experience um, kind of talks and back in the day when I was at school, they, they, they kind of arranged, I don't know what it's like now, but they arranged your work experience for you. So you went to a little meeting I went, oh, um, you know, what do you want to do? Oh, I, I want to work in film. Oh, you like film? Yeah, I like film, yeah. Oh, let's see what we can do. And then you, they, you disappear, and then you get, like, a, a letter to your tutor um, saying, oh, you're on work experience. And I remember, I got sent to work experience, you know, even though I told them, I think I want to work in film. Got sent to work experience to a dentist. I mean, they're, they're linked, obviously. I don't know where. Um yeah, I got sent to a dentist. Um, and I think I lasted two days because I'm not a massive blood person or anything like that. I don't know why they sent me to that. I think I might have said a lot of biology. Or, I was pretty good, I suppose, at sciences. Um, but I had no interest in that whatsoever. So I lasted two days out of the week. And then I remember again, I went back. Oh, didn't you like a dentist? No. No, I didn't. Um, what do you want to do? I think I still want to do film. So, And then two weeks later, I got another one. Sent me to a vet this time. <laughs> and I remember there was a dog come in, this poor dog. I don't know what happened to it. It's horrible, you know, really. But it, it, and again, I don't like blood. I'm not a blood person. And I think about passed out. Um, and then the vet said to me, yeah, it ain't for you, is it? Went, no, it ain't for me. Um, and that were it. And then, it, it, you know, for me, it was a waste of time. I, you know, I weren't, I weren't, I didn't like school. Um, didn't like school at all. I think it was a bit, mum and dad, they ain't watching this either. Um, I didn't really go a lot, if I'm honest, in senior school. Um, I think I remember some days leaving leaving home to go to school, uh, and on the way to school there was a churchyard um, near, literally just outside the school where I went so the high school, and I used to go get changed, get my school uniform off, hide me school uniform in a bag, jump on the bus into Leicester, another day out in all the record shops and stuff like that, and that was a regular occurrence. Yeah, I just I hated school. Couldn't stand it. I didn't learn anything. There was nothing there for me, you know, that and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I left. Um, I wasn't a bad kid, you know, I didn't like cause trouble or anything. I just well, had no interest in it. Um, and it wasn't until then really that that I went to college and there was more choices. Um I, I could kind of pursue more kind of visual-based stuff that I wanted to do. And I think that then triggered that need. I kind of, it was at that point there that I realised I wanted to learn and I needed to learn. At school, school weren't for me. Um, no, weren't for me. But yeah, I think that, you know, looking back now, um, I think that deep down that film was always there. It's just I don't think I had the opportunities to do it. And I think if I'd have had those opportunities at school, maybe I'd have been a better student at school sort of thing um, and stuff like that. But it wasn't until like, I left that really that desire to do something kind of escalated. Uh, and I kind of felt that, yeah, this is what I, I want to do now. Um, yeah, but it took me about 16, 17 years to figure that out. Obviously, throughout your time at De Montfort University, you helped out with SDG film festivals. Is there anything throughout that that sticks in your mind? Is there a certain time when you went to Takata or, or anything? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I mean, when I first started DMU, um, and I was, you know, introduced to people, it's like anything when you start a new job, there's so much going on, you know, a different place. Like, like I've, you know, mentioned previously, that there's so many different systems and processes. They're all similar to everywhere, but they're just slightly different um, and stuff like that. And I remember being introduced to uh, Ben Harbisher and Ben, he said, look, we've got this thing, you know, there's this SDG film festival that were running out in, in you know, in Indonesia. Yeah, would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's right up my street, that is. That's spot on. It's exactly what, you know, I want to get involved with, students getting out there. And um, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't do a massive amount for it, really, you know, um, for money spending all the work. But um, it was a great idea, and I, you know, and I think when I look at it, look back at it now, um, and think about what we did and, and when we took students out to Indonesia, to Jakarta, and then on to Bali to film their documentaries and stuff like that. It wasn't necessarily about the film festival for me. Um, I took a bit of a, a back scene. I, I wish I'd have just recorded it myself, actually, um, as a record of the event, but I never did. I don't know why, but I never did. But it was the actual kind of learning experience itself for the students. So even though, yeah, there's this great film festival, there's this great link up with the LSPR, the London School of Public Relations in Jakarta, who were great, great hosts, um, put a wonderful event, you know, conference and then the film festival. Um, and so Ben, you know, did all the work for that. But it was more for me that, and I didn't expect it, it was more the kind of the interest, intricacies of student learning, being in a country that, you know, they couldn't speak the language, um, working on documentaries about a subject that really wasn't close to home. You know, you hear about it, you know, and stuff like that. But there was a lot more to kind of meeting people, but also being able to get out there and do stuff in a foreign country. And I think that for me was the best, best thing about it, was that we took this group of students with us. And yes, we supported them, we helped them a little bit, but there was a lot of freedom there for them to go and be the filmmaker or the documentarian that they wanted to be and to, you know, create that story based on what they felt was appropriate. And I really like that because um, other trips I've been on and other kind of supervised projects, there's, there's a lot more kind of hand-holding, you know, holding the hands for them or make sure that they're all right, and, you know, and this and that and stuff. And again, that, that still needs to be there, but there was a lot more freedom. And I think that, 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 that assisted them. And I'm sure if, you know, if you ever spoke to any one of those talks that went, they you know, speak very highly of it. Um, and again, it's such a shame that um, that the pandemic brought you know that, that to, to a halt for now. Um, but it is something you know going forward. Where I am now, into you, I'm, it's something that I, I want to expand upon and um, do something similar, not the same, um, with the kind of partnership institutes you know globally that NTU have got as well. Um, and you know, I'm already in discussions with some people about that and. Hopefully, something we can we can bring in, but make it more um, more of a again. I think an, an event where students work together, um, which I think is important, but um, also that uh, students get that learning opportunity that they wouldn't probably get just in the UK. I think I think get take them out of the comfort zone somewhere different, something new um, in a country maybe that, that it's not in their first language. Um, having to kind of 
liaise navigate their way around cities or whether it's you know more rural um i think that's where you know i see a lot more kind of um development in your ability as let's say a filmmaker in this instance than if it's just you know making a film in leicester or wherever it might be definitely if you had to give some advice to your 18 year old self what would it be It's a really good question. Um, what would I, if I was eight? How do I answer that question? It's really, it's a tough question because I think when I was 18 and, you know, I was studying and stuff like that, I think my advice I'd probably, you know what, you know, I, I, I'm going to say I wouldn't necessarily because I'm quite happy with where I am now. And I think, I think if, if you know, if you if you go back and give, you know, say if you could have done this differently, well, I've got two great kids, I've got a job, you know, I've got loads of friends, and I enjoy what I do, and I don't think really, if I changed anything, would I have that? You know, would would I be where I am now doing what I'm doing? Would I be doing this for you? You know, this podcast, probably not. I might be, I don't know, but yeah, I don't think I would because I'm I'm quite content. Um, I don't want a lot. I, I never have done. I just like, you know, what's around there. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm someone that's quite happy, you know, being on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm also quite happy being in a group of people. I, I don't mind, really. Um, so, no, I don't think I would. You know, I, I, I think personally, I've had, yeah, as I said, my autobiograph was probably called Chaos because it has been like a bit of a roller coaster at times. You know, and up and down, and who knows where it was going to next. But I still don't know where it's going next. I don't, because that's the way I live. But um, yeah, I don't think I would. I think, you know, I'm, I'm content, I'm happy. Um, and long may it continue. Who do you look up to? Oh, God. These are where you, these are the questions that really. You shouldn't have to think about. You should just go. Oh, it's such and such. And I think it's probably the same with most people. You always, I mean, for me, you always look to, you know, to your mum and dad. Um, I always have anyway. I think you know. Um, I, I think it depends on personal circumstances, but um, yeah, for me, it'd be always yeah, parents. Um, I don't really have anything, you know. Um, Anyone else I think like, you know, or work with or industry-wise, I, I, yeah, it, it'd always be my mum and dad. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Just family, in it, man? You know, it, it's, I, I think it's the most, the most important thing, you know, I don't know just for me. Um, but yeah, definitely mum and dad. Um, I think my dad particularly, you know, he, we didn't have a lot, you know, we didn't, I, I, you know, definitely, you know, traditional working class family and um, didn't have a lot, um, if I'm honest, compared to a lot of kids I you know, grew up with and, and saw what they had. But um, I think my, you know, my dad used to work like seven days a week, you know, and I think as kids, I think all, through, you know, I've got, a, you know, a brother and a sister and um, I think we all, all felt, you know, where's dad? He's, you know, never around. He's, he's always doing stuff. You know, why is our dad not around? Like, why, you know, why can't he 
take us up to the club that all the other dads take their kids and why are they up there, you know, to God knows what time of night. And I think when you're young, you don't really, really realise, you know, the amount of work that your kind of family put in. And the reason my dad, like, worked seven days a week um, was that, you know, he wanted to put food on the table and give us everything that he could do, you know, growing up. And, yeah, as I said, you know, I remember, you know, some days that he'd be gone before we got up for school in the morning and we'd be in bed before he got home. Um, and, yeah, it was it was weird. But when you look back now, you think, how on earth are you working, like, you know, leaving at five in the morning and coming home at six or seven, then going to another job after that. And then you're working Saturday mornings and, you know, you've got to get at five and you're not back till seven o'clock at night. And then, you you know, Sundays, you just, we had a lot of paper and he was helping us with the paper out. You know, it's like, and now he's, my dad's, um, he's 77 now and he's still working. It's mental. He never, he'll never stop working unless, you know, his body just says, I can't do it anymore. Um, he, he, you know, he works more more hours than probably someone full time. You know, he's bonkers. But he don't need to work. That's the funny thing. He don't need to, but he just does. And it's he, he thinks if he starts working, he's gonna he's not gonna be able to survive and have no money, stuff like that, which is just crackers. You know. Um, so I suppose yeah, that, that work work ethic that you you know you look at sort of thing. But I think on the flip side, what I've also learned is, is that is it sometimes you just got to stop work, you know, you just got to stop and you need to spend time doing stuff for you, but also for, you know, your family as well. Um, so, yeah, I'll always look up to my dad and my mum because, uh, you know, we've had, had a good upbringing. But there's also kind of some of the things that as a kid you'd see as a fault and as a problem that maybe they go, oh, maybe let's, let's just take the foot off the gas a bit and, Let's have a bit of fun and just do stuff with, you know. So I think I've learned a lot. Um, but I always will. I'll, I'll always look up to it. Definitely. Just to end it all and encapsulate it all in one, if you yeah. had to give some advice to somebody, whether it be in life or getting into the media, just what would you give them? I've done about likes. I don't know whether I'm, I'm necessarily the best person to give advice on life. Um, but there's a few things that I always think that I always say to students um, about you know how to be and I, I don't think it's like anything amazingly you know yeah anything amazing that you'll go oh wow what, what a wonderful thing so, I mean the first thing just be nice I think that's the, the biggest thing for me is just be nice to people you know even if you don't agree with them or you know, you, you, whatever it might be, just be nice. Say hello. Say thank you. Say please. Little things like that. Don't be rude. You know, I don't like. It. I never have done. Um, I think you know, saying please and thank you goes a long way. Um, you know, respect your elders. I remember a um, gentleman no longer with us. He used to live just on the same street as as me. I know his name is Mister Hunter. Um, his real name was Bill Hunter, but. <laughs> I never, I always called him Mr. Hunter. Mm -hmm. And ever, as a child, always growing up, any, you know, we were told, my mum and dad told us that any adult you call them Mr. or Mrs., you know, whatever their name is, you'd be, you'd be polite. So I always have. Um, and, um, you know, I, I remember being, oh God, must have been mid 30s or late 30s. And I was, I was um, 
I think I was in the doctor. Yeah, I was in the doctors, uh, just at the GPs. And Mr. Hunter came in. And he's like, hey, Paul, how you doing? I'm like, hey, how you doing, Mr. Hunter? And he goes, stop it. Stop it. Bill, it's Bill. And I went, all right, Mr. Hunter. Like that. And you get into a habit of doing it. And I couldn't stop. Um, but we had a, a, a chat and a giggle about it and stuff like that. But I think things like that, it's just, you know, just being nice, polite, um, respect your elders and things like that. And I think that's that be the big one. But I think the other thing is um, more related to like films, media, students, and things like that, is that when you leave, you know, it's going to be tough. It, you know, it, it, it's not going to be easy. And you're going to be up against a lot of competition because there's so many graduates that come out of university with a similar degree as what, you know, you will have. Um, and it's those little bits. I always say, you know, I always kind of classify as what makes you stand out. You know, what makes you stand out? There's going to be thousands of students with the same, you know, whether it's first class, two, one or two, thousands, the same as you. But what makes you differ from that thousand or that thousand, of them, you know, what makes you stand out? And I think you've just got to keep going and going and going, doing stuff, doing stuff. And like, yeah, you might not get paid for it. You know, you might not. But what you do is you meet people. You talk to people, they see what you can do. And they might, you know, they might then put you in touch with someone that they know. Or if they're short, they go, oh, I need someone to do this, or I need someone to do that. Then you'll get a phone call. And I, even in this day of like LinkedIn and Indeed and all these other online things, I still think the best thing is word of mouth. And I, I you know, I'd argue with anyone that, that, that that's not the case. You know, if someone sees you doing something and just sees you being nice again and just doing a good job, being committed and doing everything you're asked to do, then they're not going to forget it. But they might just scroll through a profile and just go, yeah, next, next, next. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they'll be the two things is, is just just be nice and just keep persevering. It is going to be tough, but you've got to do it. You know, everyone's trying to do the same. And if you keep going, you will succeed. You will. Um and whoever's, you know, if you've got that kind of mentality and that kind of work ethic, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs>